This episode of The Taylor Stevens Show is brought to you by listeners, readers, and patrons. If you'd like to learn how to support this podcast, please visit www.patreon.com slash taylorstevens. This is Taylor Stevens, New York Times best-selling and award-winning author of kick-ass international thrillers, and this is the state Taylor Stevens Show with my good friend Steve Campbell, where we are kicking writing in the butt one word at a time. Taylor, I'm sorry, Taylor. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we talk from time to time about important tools for writers, and oftentimes we're talking about software or books or things like that. But what's the most important tool, or, or what's one of the most important tools for writers that we haven't talked about your brain oh boy (laughs) (laughs) so we set this whole thing up we set this whole thing up as a way of we before we started this we talked about what we were going to talk about which is taylor's new computer so i'm leading into this whole thing about this tool for the computer but because taylor is taylor she instantly so went literal. to the right answer yes and so litter actually went to the right answer instead of rolling into the into this this week's with a show. lie <laughs> all right let's roll with it um, so let's say something that's below your brain is there anything else you can think of that might be really important All right, Steve. So if you are someone who uses computers to write instead of quill and ink, then I suppose computer is really, really important. (laughs) And you got a new computer, but not just any old computer because... There's a there are easy ways. There's a story. There There's are easy story. ways to get a computer, and there are hard ways to get a computer. Yes. <laughs> Which so, way did you choose? <laughs> the hard ways. And this is going to be a different kind of show, you guys. Um, it's we're we're probably actually not going to go into a um, writing but kicking writing in the butt topic. This is a story. This is entertainment. We're coming up on um, Labor Day. The extended Labor Day weekend here as we record this. And so this is our uh, holiday podcast with just diversion and entertainment. Here's the story. For forever now, I have been complaining about Windows 10. I hate it. I hate it with a passion. I hate everything about it. Um, Not least of which there's no way, well, there is a way, but no way for the average person like me to just just shut off some of the, the tracking that Microsoft does with or without your consent, or you have to consent in order to be able to use the computer. And because of that, I've dug my heels in with my old laptop because it runs on Windows 7, and I refuse to upgrade my laptop. It's old. It's been broken by a goat. <laughs> it's <laughs> had lots of adventures, and it's really, really gotten to the point where it's frustrating to use it because it's so slow. And I've lost work because just random stuff happens to it. And so the time was coming to upgrade, and I have just insisted I am not going to do Windows 10. And I just cannot get myself to justify the price of a Mac, an Apple. But worse than that, um, when it comes to laptops, the keyboard actually matters to me more than almost anything else. And 
any of the um, Apple products that I can afford just have shitty, shitty keyboards. Can't stand them. So that really basically just locked me into having to stick with, for now, a PC and, um, and, and, and then doing what I promised I would do, which is one day I'm going to find a way to install Linux and learn it well enough to get it running and use Linux as my primary operating system. Now, I am not stupid when it comes to technology or to figuring things out. But I also have not really worked with tech for a long, 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 long time. Anything that I knew about computers once, you know, I've, I've done stuff in DOS and, you know, command line crap and whatever. I'm not ignorant. It's just been forever. And for those who don't really know what Linux is, it's like it, it's, it's a better operating system than anything that the rest of us use, but it is all piecemeal. Like it's so customizable that every driver, every everything is pick and choose and you have to install everything individually and you have to find programs that are written that do what you want to do. It's all open source. And because it's open source, it is a lot safer than some of the other uh, enterprise systems because so many programmers and developers are able to go over it and find the flaws and make it better. And they all build off each other's work and over time improve it. And so over time, some of these developers have built what they call distribution packages, which take a lot of the most necessary components and a lot of apps that are built to um, approximate other programs we're familiar with, like Word or Excel or whatever, um, and, and put them all together into a user, a very user-friendly interface. And so you can basically find one of these distributions, and they usually come in different flavors, like different sizes, different capabilities. There's so many options, even of the stuff that already comes prepackaged. You find what you like, how, what looks and feels, and then you can install it. And it will install itself, and you follow the prompts, and it's made for really dumb people. Not dumb, just not techie people, right? So a lot of these distributions are set up in a way where you can either wipe whatever's on your system and run them completely fresh, like that's the only operating system on your computer. You can run them side by side with another operating system. So you can have Windows and Linux on the same computer, or you can set up like a, a big storage device, a USB storage device, and run that storage device as its own basically mini computer that you can plug in and take with you within reason. So I got all that figured out. Woo, yay me. I went and bought a laptop. I just couldn't justify the money. Even though, even if all I did was run Windows 10 on it and this was my new upgrade, I just couldn't justify spending a lot of money on it. So I bought like a $450 laptop. It's not a Chromebook. It, you know, it'll do. And I like the keyboard. Woo, yay me. So this laptop I bought specifically for the purpose of setting up Linux uh, side by side with Windows 10. And the reason why I had to keep Windows 10 is there are some programs that I just have too much information in them 
And I, I haven't yet found a Linux equivalent like QuickBooks, for example. I'm sure one's out there. I just don't know what it is that I just I still have to be able to operate that, for example. And um, a few other things for which Windows just it's, it's easier for me to do it. So I, I got this computer for that and um, got real basic stuff set up on it just so that I had what I needed. And then I turned to figuring out how to get a distribution set up on it, a Linux distribution set up on it. And I found one that I really liked. It's it's very user friendly. It's looks and feels as close to Windows 7 as something that is not Windows can can be. And there are different versions of it. And um, the most recent version, it's it costs like $39 to, to have it. But all the other versions are free. And I like the other versions. The way that it works is you can um, you can run it in sort of a, a temporary mode. So you get a chance to, to, to uh, use it. But it's all RAM memory. So as soon as you turn it off, it's gone. Like you can't save files to it or anything like that. But it gives you a way to to get get it started, see if you like it. And I, I liked what I had. I didn't need to upgrade it, but I felt like, well, I really like that this guy did all of this and, and he deserves to be rewarded. So I'm going to pay for it, even if I don't end up using the version that I'm going to pay for. And thus began my adventure. Now, like I said, I'm not stupid. <laughs> <laughs> but it's going to sound like I am by the time this story gets to its conclusion. So I am... Um, the first thing you have to do is you have to get a USB drive to download. Basically, um, you have to burn a bootable, you have to make it a bootable drive. So this particular distribution on their page, they give you the instructions. If you're going to use this uh, file, you're going to need this size USB. If you're going to use this other one, you're going to need this size USB minimum to do it. And they tell you, here's the program that you're going to need to flash the drive and make it bootable. So go download this other program, put this here, put that there, click go, and the program will figure it all out for itself. Easy peasy. So I did that. Flashed the drive, stuck it in, you know, rebooted the computer, boom, Linux, the temporary version opens up. And I'm like, I love this thing. It's so much easier than I thought it would be. And, you know, you can go to the store and you can start browsing the different apps that are available. And there's just so much out there. And it's so, you know, it's very customizable to, to get everything how you want it to look and feel and sound and everything. So I'm like, all right, fine. I'm ready to install this sucker. So... I start going through the process, and that's where I hit the first headache. It tells me, well, you need at least eight gigabytes to install this distribution, and you only have seven point something on this drive, and it basically borks the drive at that point. Like, I can't do anything with it. You can't ref I can't reformat it in Windows because Windows doesn't recognize it, and I have no way to... Uh, do anything with it in Linux because blah. So knowing what I know now, I know exactly what happened because I figured it all out. But back then I was like, why did they tell me I only needed four gigabytes and an eight gigabyte drive isn't enough? Ah, so then I got to go find another USB drive. And the USB drive that I find <laughs> is a Hello Kitty. <laughs> <laughs> and it ha 
has this big rubber Hello Kitty head on it. And when you put it into the drive, the other one doesn't fit next to it. But I need both of them so that I can reformat the original drive. So anyway, I go through this whole process. Everything takes so long doing everything all over again, figuring out how to do this, figuring I have to learn how to reformat a disk using uh, Linux. There's, everything is learning. Like there's everything is new to me. Everything is a learning curve. But, you know, it's easier than writing, so I'm not really stressed about it. I'm like, okay, this is like doing taxes. I, I dig it. I'm with it. I'm learning as I go. Great. So it took a couple, like, I would do it in the evenings, like, you know, after whatever I was doing was done, and I'd sit there and I'd work on this. And then, so it was like several evenings before I finally got to the place where I had all my USB drives working again. I had figured out how to format. I understood how all these programs worked. I was rocking it. And so I was again, and I paid for the upgraded version and I downloaded it and got that flashed onto a drive big enough for it. And I was ready to roll. And so this time for reels, I'm going to install it and it won't install. And I'm like, what? So I start going through all the, you know, just forums and reading for help. Now, mind you, the paid version supposedly comes with support. And, but that's my backup plan. Like, the type of person that I am, I'm not going to go ask a dumb question if I haven't, like, already exhausted all the other options out there. So I research. And then people are like, well, you need to um, change your BIOS settings to whatever, whatever. I'm like, okay, fine. I can't figure out how to get into the freaking BIOS on this computer. All the things that I used to use before, the F12 key, the F2 key, the escape key, all the, you know, any combination of it's not working. So now I got to go start researching the computer. And I find out that, oh, this is Windows 10. It kind of works a little differently on this particular model. So I get that fixed. That figured out and fixed. And I try again. It doesn't work. But it's a different problem this time. Okay. So I go back, I gotta do it all over again. Research, 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 research. Oh, and now there's this other setting you should probably change. All right, fine, now let's do this again. And it still doesn't work. All right, well, follow these other instructions and they will help you solve that problem. Oh, but those instructions don't work on this computer. Okay, now what? And I tried everything. I spent so much time researching. I spent so much time changing settings and fiddling with things. And it finally got to the point where everything would work, but Linux did not recognize that my computer had a hard drive. So it would try to install, but it would only see the actual USB that it was installing from. And then it would say, oh, well, there's not enough space on this. Now, that was the problem that I had the very, very first time. This time, I understood what was happening, and I understood it as it's not finding the hard drive, the actual hard drive to the computer. Okay, so research, 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 and I finally get my answer. Your computer, your model, does not support dual boot up <laughs> with Windows and Linux. There's no, there's no workaround for it. And I thought, this, this really can't be. So I used my get-out-of-jail-free card, and I emailed the, um, the developers. 
And I, I, well, I said, I've done this, 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 because I did not want them to say, start me off from the beginning and say, go try this first. Like, let's just get all that crap out of the way. And I was like, how do I make this work? And they basically wrote back and said, you can't. So now I have a computer that I can't dual install, dual boot windows and Linux on. And I'm like, great, well, that kind of defeats the whole purpose of having the computer in the first place, doesn't it? So then I got to thinking about it and I was like, well, one of the other options for running Linux is to set up a large um, USB drive as its own computer. Well, there aren't really a lot of user-friendly tutorials on how to do that. There are some, but they all assume that you understand basic things like how you root a partition, for example. So since I couldn't get my computer to be my Linux computer, I was like, well, I've got a 500 gigabyte drive over here that's one of my old backup drives and I've since replaced with a, like a couple terabyte drive. So I'll sacrifice that and that can be my Linux computer. So then begin the next journey. The, the tutorial that I found just seemed so simple until you ran up against things. First, root your primary position, your primary partition. Well, that's genius. There's no explanation. I Googled, how do you root a primary partition? And I could, it's just such a basic, simple thing. Google was just turning up all these other stuff. It just got drowned in the search results. So that meant that I had to just sort of figure it out on my own. And I did. It took me a day, but I finally figured out how most of all of the partitioning works, what's needed for what, how to reserve and set aside you know, part of the drive so that I can, so that I, so that Windows can recognize it and can also save files to it so that I can swap files back and forth between the systems if necessary. And I set up the drive and it mostly worked. <laughs> um, the plan was to set it up using, um, I, to set it up in a way that uh, it didn't have a uh, proprietary third-party drivers or anything so that I could use it from one computer to the next. But the problem is that the, you also have to deal with, is it a 32-bit system? Is it a 64-bit system? Is it this, that, or the other? And so this drive that I have working now will work on the computer I set it up on, but not on my Windows 7 computer. And I, I still, where I'm at with it now is I need to test it and see if I can get it working on any other computer. And if I can't, then I got to start this process all over again and and make it so that it's a fully loaded, fully working version. Because right now there are things I need in Linux that I can't use because it is set up to not use the special drivers. Because like there is a way inside Linux, a program you can use, an app that allows you to actually run Windows programs. So. Solving my QuickBook issue, for example, might be solvable if I could just get that program running in Linux, but I can't on the version that I have right now because I deliberately didn't set it up that way. So that's where I am with it. <laughs> and that is my tale of how I have effectively accomplished nothing and spent two weeks doing it. <laughs> and that is an entirely appropriate tale for Labor Day weekend because it sounds like you put a lot of labor into this. I did, but you know what? I loved it. 
because it was puzzle solving. Really, that's all it was, is puzzle solving and figuring things out and just keep trying things until you figured out what worked and what didn't. And through that process, understanding from the ground up why things work the way that they work. And I really enjoy that. Uh, Not enough to have another learning curve, but definitely enough to figure out how to get this thing working the way that I want it to work. And until then, I'm still using my Windows 7 computer. (laughs) And it is kind of fun. I mean, it's it's like going back 25 or 30 years in in the era of of computing and back during the time when you actually had to figure everything out except back then there was no internet or there was no searchable internet where you could go out and find the answer to everything you just had to figure it out yourself which is sounds like what you had to do for most of it some of i i'm really not that smart not that techie Um, and I will never pretend that I even just even a fraction know what I'm doing but just knowing enough to get this working on its own I feel really proud of myself and that is this week's episode where we really kicked no writing in the butt at all but we did learn that the brain is the most powerful tool for a writer (laughs) and the computer falls way below that. (laughs) Especially when you can't make it work. All right, so we will be back in your ear again next Tuesday. Thank you guys so much for listening. See you with you next week.